Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at Will Eleven on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a special guest today. I think this might be the first offensive player, uh, honestly, on the pod. I feel like for the last two years, I've been strictly defensive guys. So nice little change of pace. Yeah, just uh, Jets Tyler Conklin. Tyler, how are we doing today, man? Good, man. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, excited to chop it up a little bit, talk some ball. Obviously, uh, you know, I always joke. There's nothing ever. There's never a dull moment with the Jets, no matter what uh, happens, win, lose. Quiet time in the offseason. Everything's kind of going crazy. And we can kind of get into, you know, let's get into a little bit of it. But kind of want to start you off with just what was the first year like in New York, right? Like, or New Jersey, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. How's the, how's the transition from Minnesota to uh, to New York? Yeah, when I first got here, I, I used to be like kind of stuck on that. So I'm like, do I say like New Jersey? Do I say New York? Like, what do I say? Um, it, it was interesting. Uh, just from like a life standpoint, right? You know, like I was only like Minnesota was all I knew for four years, and being drafted there and kind of like working my way up and getting my opportunity, and then uh, you know, you go to a new place, you go to New York, you got new teammates, new coaches, new systems, uh, new city, like figuring out where to live. You know, moving from Minnesota, selling a house, you know, buying a house in Michigan, figuring out a place to live in New Jersey. Just like a lot of just life changes, and uh, you know, adapting and. Uh, you know, me and my fiance, she's out there most of the time with me besides when she decides to go home. But uh, we enjoyed it. You know, we enjoy it. So I like eating and, and exploring. So like getting out of the city and trying new places and uh, getting my bagel sandwiches and stuff in the morning that you guys are so well known for. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. Definitely uh, was probably the craziest year for me when it just comes to just, you know, figuring out life and adapting and uh you know, things of that nature that like, a lot of people don't think about when it comes to like, transitioning and, and switching teams. But, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy being in New York. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was going to – we can touch on now. I was going to ask you kind of at the end about, like, bagel sandwiches and, and favorite restaurant spots. I think it's interesting, you know, you hear a lot of these rookies talk about it and, you know, Sauce has talked about it a little bit of just – this is going to be the first off season in a long time where it's like you have free time. You're, you're, this is a job now. I know it's probably the first off season for you where – since you're in college, right? You're in college, you transfer, you go to a different college, you get drafted, all that stuff. That, that whole offseason is all draft prep. Then four years straight of just, you know, trying to learn an offense, trying to get, you know, and all this different stuff, you know, trying to work your way up and you're, you're living in the same spot. Now it's like your whole life 
is totally different, but you're, you're a grown man with a, with a fiance. It's a lot different, right? Like it's just, it's not, it's like almost like draft process on steroids. Yeah. It's just weird. Cause like, I don't know, like you, sometimes you, you get so caught up in like your career and what you want to accomplish and just like the grind of trying to become who you want to become that like life just kind of passes you by. And, you know, like being in Minnesota, like live in an apartment for two years, I get my first dog, my rookie year. And then my a girlfriend at that time moves in with me my second year and we get another dog and then the third year she convinces me to buy a house in minnesota and i'm like i'm not buying a house like i'm not dealing with that and we bought a house during covid and then you know after my fourth year in minnesota we you know we know we're probably not going to be back and uh you know we sell that house and i'm like okay now where the heck we're we gonna live like we got two dogs and so then we you know we're looking and whatnot and uh, my brother's in the military he, he so we went and visited him out in california uh Last off season uh, in February, we went out there and stayed in California for a month. And, uh, you know, we ended up finding a, a house in Michigan. We were flying home. And so we bought a house and sold a house, sold a house in Minnesota and bought a house in Michigan, like in the same week. And then it was just like nonstop moving. And while she was moving, I was going out to OTAs in New York. And like, well, after dealing with the whole free agent process and after finding out going to New York. So now I'm in OTAs and she's moving us. And I get home for that little month break you get. And, I'm like trying to enjoy the house, but like also trying to do a nonstop shit to it or stuff to it. And, uh, you know, and then like, go, you know, you go out there, you have camp in the season and, you know, um, good and bad, you know, as you know, all together. And, uh, then you come home and it's like, okay, like you think you got a breath of fresh air and like, bam, I got I'm getting married in April. And, uh, now it's like all the shit we want stuff when I get done to the house, I'm like actually doing and, it's just, it's just been nonstop. So I keep telling her, I'm like, ah, next off season, I'll get a break. But right now it's still kind of crazy. No, I'm, uh, I'm planning a wedding too in July. So trust me, I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's its own beast. Um, oh, I was stressed I, out about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, between, I mean, between money, let alone, let alone planning, calling all these people. Um, in terms of, you know, I mean, obviously there's some stuff I can't really talk through, but like for the free agency process, obviously going through it for the first time, you kind of give an insight a little bit to people that maybe don't really understand it. I think they just assume like, oh, the Jets just, or whatever, whatever team. Oh, they just call you. Boom. Okay. I want X amount of dollars. Like what is, what does that kind of look like? Was that something you were excited for? Or was it a stressful time knowing I'm likely going to be uprooting myself, my fiance. And like, I don't know what I'm going to get paid. I don't know where I'm going. Like, is it more the excitement or is it kind of like that uncertainty? That's a little bit frustrating or kind of taxing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really exciting because, like, you know, finishing, like, getting an opportunity to start my fourth year, especially after, like, not really getting a chance, being tight end three, being tight end three, kind of getting a chance at the end of my third year, and then being a starter my fourth year and having a, a good season and um, also being healthy. And then you get out and you're like, okay, like, you know, everything that you need to happen, happen to put you in the best situation possible. So, you know, we were excited for it. And. Uh, you know, we really enjoyed Minnesota, but we kind of figured we wouldn't be back there. Like everybody asked, oh, you think because you think you're going to come back, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, we kind of knowing Zim was going to be gone towards the end of that season and then having a new staff and not having a ton of money with Kirk getting paid and like some of the guys like getting paid with their getting paid. Like we just kind of knew that new staff probably wouldn't pay a tight end to stay. You still had Irv on a rookie contract. Uh, so we kind of like expected to be gone. And uh so like we we accepted that early to where it didn't like it wasn't that bad like we kind of knew that was gonna happen, uh, but then like you get like we're in California for that month like I was saying and um, you're just like waiting like damn like where am I gonna be it's like such uncertainty for so long like what am I you're just sitting there for a month just waiting to like figure out what you're gonna have to do to like get in life to be normal again, and then like the the process picks up and you you start like figuring it out you get excited and 
you know, there's ups and downs in it. Like we were talking about politics before we got on here and, you know, it just, it just never, it just never changes. Right. Like just, you know, with na people's names and certain guys and, uh, you know, so, you know, it was frustrating at times. It wasn't frustrating at times. And, you know, once we started talking to the Jets, I never thought about the Jets, like going there really, you know, being from the Midwest, like a lot of Jets games and stuff aren't on. Like, it's just not a team you're really too familiar with. And, uh, you know, after talking to, you know, Sal and LaFleur and stuff, like, I really like the idea of, of um, you know, coming to New York. And, uh, you know, after after that, it kind of, you know, we had like a few teams we were talking to, but, you know, I liked the, I liked the thought of New York and, you know, um, you know, the conversations I have with, with the coaches and whatnot. So uh, it ended up working out perfect, I think. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I remember last off season, you know, this kind of this time being like, all right, the Jets are probably going to sign a tight end, draft one early and kind of partner. And then it's like sign two and draft one relatively early. It's like, it's just, it's interesting how it ended up working. Like it just the way it worked, you, you know, CJ's deal comes in and everyone's like, all right, cool. They'll probably just draft one. Oh wait. Oh shit. Now they, have, now they have Tyler too. And it was, it was kind of an interesting balance and just seeing the fan base. Yeah, kind of it, was, react it, was tight end for, it was interesting for me and, and I'm sure CJ too, but cause you know, we were talking and, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to, you know, sign there. And then all of a sudden, like, they signed CJ. And, you know, and they called me, like, hey, don't freak out. We want to tell you before, but we still want both of you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And um, we were, like, playing everything out and trying to figure it out. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I still like the situation. Like, I've, you know, heard nothing but great things about CJ, which obviously ended up all being true, man. Uh, you know, we had a good group and a good tight end room. Uh, yeah, and it, it all worked out. But it, it was interesting for, like, those 10 minutes where, like, they signed him. They called me. And nobody really knew what the heck was going on. And uh, now we're both here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's interesting how it worked out. And then obviously you got guys like Jeremy who get you know, gets just a third round pick, obviously probably will benefit him in the long run um, to be able to yeah, have sat, gain some weight, understand the system. You could, the difference what he looked like week 18 versus what he looked like in the preseason. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's a game where he's going to keep hitting people like that. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just interesting. Like he was down the senior bowl and had a great first day, gets hurt. And then it's like, you don't see him again for seven months. It was a, it was pretty interesting. I want to kind of, you know, ask you about Salah um, in general, obviously, look, there's everyone kind of sees, you know, the you know, defensive guys obviously feed off the energy and feed off the like, Salah's a guy like I've said this a million times. If you're expecting him to say something negative publicly about somebody, you're going to don't hold your breath. It's never going to happen. Like he's always going to be, you know, kind of have your guys back, especially publicly in the market like New York. Is he, is it different being an offensive guy with a defensive head coach? Obviously you had that in Minnesota. It's like, is it interesting having that dynamic? I know it's a huge talking point around the NFL right now of the defensive head coach versus the offensive minded head coach that's like siloed. Is that something you guys pay attention to, or it's just like Sal's got our back, he gets us hyped up and we're ready to go? Yeah, I mean, like like you said, like in, in Minnesota, the defensive guy was him, and it was a lot of different coaches. Slightly different personalities. Slightly different personalities. And like, you know, Zim's an old school guy, like that building was a lot different, right? With uh with Zim and Spielman you know it's a lot more I like go in head down go to work a lot of vets a lot of guys that have been there for their whole careers with like Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith and Anthony Barr and um you know on the offensive side you're Rudolph and Thielen and so you know you just had a lot of vets and it was a it was an older team and, and a more old school style with the coaching and it was just completely different I come to New York and uh we're young as hell you know all over the place really and um so as coaches like you're young and uh you know the thing I love about Salah you know not offensively or defensively it's just like he practices what he preaches right like 
you know, we're going to practice hard, but like he works hard, right? Like he's the one that's still in the gym early as, early as hell in the morning on the, on the elliptical or working out, running stairs, whatever he is, you know, it's not like he, you know, he works hard and, um, you know, that's the mentality that he has in life and, and how he lives his life. And, um, you know, it's easy to go to work and, and you know, work, work your butt off for somebody when that's how they live. Right. Uh, you know, he's a Michigan guy, you know, we didn't grow up too far away from each other. So like, you know, sign in with him and LaFleur, both being Michigan guys. And, um, you know, I always thought that was a cool tie. But, uh, you know, someone that, like, was a walk-on and, and worked his way up. And, you know, like, that's kind of how I live my life to, you know, have a coach that does the same thing. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty seamless. Yeah, no, it's it's something that I, I just think that, you know, you hear – every time you hear guys talk about stuff, it's never – it's always about, like, the person, which I think is – it is rare in the NFL. I, I don't care what anyone says. You, you look at the guys that last long in their, you know, respective situations. You know, you think of the Mike Tomlins of the world, just that everyone, no matter what, they could get on you 24-7, but you know they have your back. And I think that's something that the team kind of feels like feeds off of. Um, 100%. Uh, obviously, you know, there's going to be a change in scheme here. Not too much in terms of, you know, obviously the Jets, you know, obviously hired Nathaniel Hackey yesterday. And, you know, obviously Michael Floor uh, takes takes the Rams job, which is, is pretty funny that he gets a job right away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it, I guess it's more kind of just a general question in terms of, you know, learning a new scheme and being, you know, now being a vet in the league. How does, how, how like different is that going to be of an offseason? It's like, okay, cool. I'm here. It's year two here kind of getting comfortable now it's I know it's going to be a similar scheme in terms of stuff and you kind of it happened 24 hours ago it's not like anything uh which is yeah. you know and stuff like that but is that something you look forward to of hey you know new like somewhat new scheme how are they going to how is this going to use our tight end room and stuff like that or is it more just like got to wait and see and, until we get in there and we don't even know who's going to play quarterback let alone uh let alone kind of play calling we're going to get yeah it's a little bit of both like it would have been nice to come back and be in the same scheme right like throughout my career I've kind of had nice my rookie year I had my rookie year to my second year, I had a different guy. And then my third year, it was like, we always like kind of similar systems, but we went from like to Flippo who got fired in the middle of the year to then Stefanski took over. And then it was Kubiak and then it was Kubiak's son. And like, they're all similar things, but it's still different. People want things ran differently. Things get called differently. Um, then we can come here and it's similar system again, but it's ran and called differently. And um it would be nice to be in the same thing, but it's also like, for me, it's exciting. I always enjoy the fact of like getting to um, impress a new coach or like go out there and like have new eyes, see you and see what you do and see what they think when they see you of like, you know, what ways they come like pop in their head of how they think they can use you or, um, you know, things that they think you do well that they can, they can use you for. And I just always think it's a, it's a really good opportunity for, you know, all players to, you know, come out there and put your best foot forward and, uh, you know, really try to mesh with the OC and, and see where that can take you. I always think that that was exciting. That was something I was excited about coming to a new place with new eyes on me for the first time. And after four years by coming to New York and then, you know, just a little more, obviously still a lot of the same coaches um, in some sense, but like having a new OC who's going to have different ideas and stuff. And they like their tight ends. It seems like for the most part, right. You know, they yeah. have the tight ends a lot, uh, you know, just, it'd be fun. It'd be cool. It's uh, I think it's exciting, but. It's always nice to not have to learn a new system, I guess. Yeah. Denver somehow employed every single former Jets tight end three uh, this year and decided to just rattle through those guys. So uh, that was an interesting choice, but um, nonetheless, they got the ball. So um, they did. Yeah. Who, who, was, who was there? <laughs> yeah, like Eric Tomlinson. At four, I we thought Tomlinson. Yeah, Tomlinson. They had, Robert, but he and then, wasn't yeah, there. And then they had uh, 
they obviously traded Noah Fant. Um, they had somebody else too. That they had Eric Saubert from. Somebody. He, he played in uh, Atlanta and somewhere else. And then they had Tomlinson. I remember Tomlinson. Yeah, I rookie year he was there. And then they had the rookie Dulich. Then they had um, yeah, Andrew Beck, and then they had some, Albert. I can't pronounce his last name. Andrew so. Beck, Albert O. Yeah, they yeah, had a lot. They had a lot of they had four guys in the depth chart. Good for them. Um, in terms of you know, you mentioned you and CJ obviously coming in together, both being vets in the league, both kind of having pretty big personalities. I would say. And how does how does it like work when you guys both come in? You both you know, trying to kind of both impress and, you know, compete and obviously try to, you know, earn reps and everything. And a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of 12 personnel. So it's not as if, you know, you guys both can't be on the field at the same time. But walking to a locker room of younger guys, is it something where you guys kind of walk in and we're like, we got to come in, be vocal? Or is it like, we'll kind of slowly mesh our way in the locker room? I know a lot of guys kind of different approaches, right? You have the Bart Scotts of the world back in the day to come in, you know, just start chirping people right away. Whereas there's other guys that are kind of that more, the veterans that kind of come in, show you kind of how it's done, and then, you know, slowly start to grow in that leadership role. Is that kind of how it worked, or is it, is it just, do you guys kind of tag team it with a little bit because being in a, being a young tight end yeah, room, a young roster? CJ's a little more probably outspoken than I am, just like with his personality and just being goofy and just being himself. Like, um, you know, for me, like the, thing, the weird thing, like me and CJ were both like fifth round, 157th pick, same pick in the draft. Uh, both fifth round guys. So I just always have a lot of respect for people that were drafted late and, and especially to play what is going to be on year nine. Uh, you know, I just, so you got to respect someone like that because this league is hard to play two years in matter, you know, some last nine, especially as a fifth round pick when you get a lot less of the opportunity and privilege that, you know, first, second and third round picks get. Uh, but, you know, like I, I keep saying, like I was a walk on in college, you know, I worked my way up in Minnesota. Like for me, it was always been about, just like kind of being me and like working hard and not really saying much. And then like, you know, as that, as you, as you do that, like, you know, you build your relationships with, with your teammates and um, then, you know, people respect you for how you work or how you approach things. And uh, then it makes it easier to kind of talk to people and, you know, try to help when people need help. I definitely, uh, you know, like at times I wish I kind of would have been more vocal uh, just because, I feel like it was a good, there was a good opportunity uh, to be vocal, but also just, I didn't want to not be who I was and go into a new place and just start, you know, trying to be that guy who's always talking and doing this and doing that. Cause that was never where I was. So, you know, I don't want to go, and especially you got a new team. You got, you know, a new teammate. You got to earn each other's respect. You got to, uh, you know, from, from being the player that you say you are and want to be, and also just how you work on a daily basis. Like you have to earn that respect from your players, from your teammates before you can just go out there and, you know, start talking and, and doing certain things. So, uh, you know, my approach has always just kind of been to just try to be me and, you know, earn your stripes and, and work hard. And, uh, you know, you build those relationships, though, and then you kind of talk to people and help younger guys and, and do things like that. And, you know, as they come to you because uh, you build relationships and whatnot. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it makes a ton of sense, obviously. And I guess a couple of just, you know, more, and then we'll get into kind of more of some of the fun stuff. In terms of, you know, you come in, you, you watch guys the way that, you know, a Brees, Sauce, Garrett Wilson, you know, amongst other guys come in and they make an impact in year one like that. Obviously, you know, top five, top 10 picks, like it's more the norm in the league now. But how, I guess, I don't know how to say impressed because I, I think that's like maybe there was the wrong word, but how difficult do you think it is to come in and be that good that early and then now have this expectation of like, all right, Sauce, you're a first team all pro as a rookie, first time in 45 years as a corner, like, 
now people are like, now you're expected to even take a bigger step further or Garrett Wilson, like, is it going to be easier just because you're like, we've talked about like, you're more settled, you're in the same place, you know what your goals are, or is it going to be like, do you think it's going to be one of those t- situations where it's like, all right, the pressure now on them. Now there's other guys that can step up. Um, you know, maybe that didn't get as much credit necessarily or something like that. Like, I guess it's kind of a open-ended question, but um, what do you think that's like, I guess, for them being, yeah, I don't, I, it's hard to know because I obviously was not in that position. Me as, neither have I. So, that's why um, I'm doing this. But I do think it's, uh, you know, Sauce, Garrett, Breeze, all of them, uh, Jermaine. Like, I think just what they did as rookies is super impressive. Uh, you know, a lot has to do with opportunity, right? Like I said, we have a younger team, and that allows, like, rookies and younger players to get an opportunity sooner. But that doesn't mean you're going to play good. A lot of times people, like, I was just to tell people – um, you know, my opportunity came at the perfect time. At the end of my third year, I was like, I was getting comfortable. I was learning, like, I knew the offense. Um, you know, I've been in the league for a while, and uh, you know, I was ready to perform. You know, if I would have got that opportunity as a rookie, who knows how it would have came up? That would have been my could have been my one opportunity, and I could have blew it, and then like I would have been dubbed a crappy player. You know, everybody seems to be crappy when you look at New York media and stuff, but we'll get into that later. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, so for them to just come in and to play at the the level they played played at is just, I think it's super impressive. And, um, you know, the way they all go about their business, I really don't think there's going to be a problem with them getting better or performing. I mean, for Sauce, it's like how much better, I mean, how much better of a season do you really have? I mean, you get more interceptions maybe. I don't know, but people aren't going to really throw at you. So, but, um, yeah, he's not someone that's going to get complacent. And, you know, I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, as long as you don't get complacent and you just keep doing what, you, what you've done your whole career and find ways to get better, you're going to be fine. Uh, Garrett, you know, obviously, like, as we figure out the quarterback situation and uh, have some consistency there, you know, the sky's going to be the limit. I mean, I think for everybody – um, you know, like Elijah, Garrett, like there's just so many, so much talent we have on this offense that, you know, is it, when you have inconsistency and you're playing three different quarterbacks and, um, you know, like what we, Garrett led with four touchdowns this year. Like, I mean, it's hard to have anybody have good numbers when you're leading, you know, the top touchdowns for four touchdowns on the season. Um, yeah. you know, but the sky, the sky is definitely a limit for him because just his natural ability is just stuff you can't teach, obviously, right? The way he runs routes, you know, how wiggly he is. And I always like, when I first got here, I used to make the Justin Jefferson compare, comparison a little bit just because, uh, you know, they kind of move similar with their like Euro stepping through the routes and whatnot. But, you know, Garrett, I'll just say, is a little, like more shifty. Justin's bigger, um, you know, a little longer. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're all, I think this whole rookie class has a chance to be super special. And, uh, you know, Brees, obviously, we saw him be special. And uh, it still kills me that, that that he got banged up like that. But I'm excited. I mean, I just think there's just so much stuff to be excited about. And, um, you know, I know Jets fans and everybody's like, oh, yeah, here we go, another year, get excited, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm from Michigan, so I've been hearing this for Lions fans forever. Um, but man, they're really, we really are, you know, close in a lot of areas and we figure out the quarterback situation and we have a lot of O-line healthy and back feeling good. And I'm sure they'll do some stuff in, in that category, but uh, I'm excited. I said, I'm, I mean, the season just ended. I'm excited to get back. So, yeah, no, I like, I'm on, I'm on the same page with you. I think no matter what this league comes down to a lot of different things, but it really does come down to the players, but it really comes down to one position where if, 
it sucks. It's crazy to say that because it's such a team sport, but at the same time, you do need some stability there. And obviously with injuries, with a million different things, you know, technically four quarterbacks, obviously let's not discount Strebs a little. Be, little, uh, little I'm sorry. Hopefully he doesn't watch this. He'll be disgusted <laughs> with me. That's my guy. Um, no, look, I think it's, it's interesting. You do mention that and look, that Broncos game is crazy to really look back on just because, you know, not only does Brees get hurt on one drive, it was like a three straight drives. It was like Brees gets hurt, AVT gets hurt, then JFM like came back in the game, but he got hurt. I was yeah. like, all right, this is yeah, every single bad. bat. It was it was bad. Some you know coming out of there with a W obviously is the most important thing. It just felt like a W that uh, paid a way heftier price than you know I think anyone was really kind of expecting. Yeah, I mean I agree. AVT is also like, that's someone that I feel like just because linemen don't get enough love, but man, that's a special player right there. Um, I just I don't know I don't like I'm not the, I don't know I, I don't know O line as well as most people do or some people do but man he's special just some of the things he does and just hearing other O linemen talk about him and and then just him as a person just like cool calm collected quiet like just minds his own business and uh, yeah he's that's a big one that was a big one we missed yeah he's just he's very versatile obviously played you know left tackle right tackle right guard that's crazy. left guard and he's a rookie so. Um, I was a couple, couple of uh, fun ones here. Obviously, did you realize you had the same number of targets back to back years? Did you did you take a look at that? That you have like the same number of targets, basically saying over catches, touchdowns, and yards. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I didn't look at it. I knew I was around the same in a lot of that stuff. Um, <laughs> Literally I didn't, 87 I didn't know I had the same amount of targets. Some of the targets, you know, I just hate targets sometimes because you run a route or something and the ball's just like thrown yeah, in your direction. Like, oh yeah, it's a target. I'm like, Come on. Especially as a tight end, like it's, I was like, I do not need that target. He threw it out of bounds. They're like, there was like a bunch of like one Patriots game or something. There's just certain games where there's just a bunch of targets. And I'm like, these weren't even close. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it was the same. I knew I was close, which like I was disappointed in because I really wanted to, um, you know, from my standpoint, like coming into this year, like I wanted to take that next step in my career. And, you know, I feel like there's, I got better as a player in some like run game and, and some route running and just understanding the game and getting better. And, um, you know, there's there's ups and downs just like every other season, but uh, you know, I really want to take the jump, and I think you know it didn't happen exactly how I wanted it, but um, that's kind of part that's of the game. I got year that's, two. That's why you got. That's year. why you got year two, and that's why I kind of, sometimes I look back at I'm like, you know, why do I think, you know, I didn't take as much of the jump, and you got the inconsistency at quarterback, but also I just think like I, the, the the life stuff that we talked about earlier, right? Just all the different things going on, and you know, it's gonna be nice to have a place in New Jersey now and be settled and, uh, you know, know the building, know the coaches, know where I'm at, know my spots and just like have that little bit of being able to be comfortable there and, uh, you know, be out there and just lock in for football. And then I'm excited for you too, man. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you, obviously I think everyone would know the answer that obviously playing with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, just as an example of somebody that, um, you know, could be, you know, be a potential option for the Jets at quarterback next year did do you guys I guess kind of this is more of like a New York media question and just kind of being in New York and it's obviously a big question around Aaron Rodgers right now if you don't have to obviously answer this but you know 
from Roger's perspective, a lot of the narrative is like, oh, he couldn't handle New York or he wouldn't want to play in New York and that type of stuff. Coming from being a Michigan guy, playing in Minnesota, obviously playing the NFC North, those are some of the most avid football fans, most intense football fans, you know, in the, obviously in the world, but in the country, right? The, the Midwest has got, you know, those Packers, Bears games, Vikings, Packers, all that stuff. There's, there's no bigger games you played against the guy, you know, a bunch of times. What do you make of when you see stuff like that? Not necessarily, this is not to do with Aaron Rodgers and, and stuff like that, but just in general, the, oh, the New York media market, like, is it as crazy as it, or is it more of like the fan base here is just nuts mixed with the back pages, mixed with the media? It's like, is it more of a combined thing or is there's it like the actual a lot. media? Yeah, there's a lot. Like, like you said, NFC North, like, there's a lot of just history, tradition. Um, there is in every conference, but like you said, there's just like, you know, like every game is a rivalry game in that division. I mean, kind of is here too, it's Patriot, whatever. But it is like a combination of everything. Um, the great fan base. Like that's what, like, when we, when we first signed here and we, like, started realizing, like, how great of a fan, fan base the Jets have. Like, that was like, because New York, I mean, Minnesota had a great fan base. And they come here and they have a great fan base, too. And that was awesome because uh, there's some teams that don't have that. But you have that. And then, you, like you said, you have the media. You have um, that social media. You just have so much going on. Now. So, like, that's I Twitter. Tell people, like, you look at Aaron Judge. Like, what, he hit 60-whatever home runs and stuff. And then the playoffs again booed. Like, that was just, like, the greatest example of, like, New York fans for me. It's, like, they love you, they love you, they hate you. Like, it just um, – like, that example right there, Aaron Judge, like, being one of, if not the best player in MLB and has an amazing year, career year, and then he's getting booed because he's having a bad game or whatever. Like, that – you know, that's just kind of what it is a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was actually – because everybody's been asking me about, like, random people. Oh, what, what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers thing? I'm like, I don't know. Like – you know, like just random people texting me, random family, friends. I'm like, guys, one more person asked me about Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna lose it. And uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even know what he's doing, so <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. I'm like, I don't even pay attention to any of this in the first place, but you know, I was then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, if I was Aaron Rodgers, you know, you got a chance to go to New York, help a franchise that hasn't won in, in, in a long time. Um, we won now, but like, win meaningfully. I guess, and you have the pieces around you to do so, offensive line, receivers, running backs, tight ends, great defense. Um, it just be another stamp on your legacy, really. You could go there, win a Super Bowl, and do it in, like, you go and turn around New York City, like, you're, you you got a, a legacy forever. In order for, and if you're just part of that team. Uh, and that's the cool part about it. Like I said, like the fans, they love you, they hate you on the next day, but um, it's because they care so much. And uh, – you know, if you can you can go and win playoff games and win an AFC championship and win a Super Bowl, I mean, there were, there's not a better place to do it than to do it in New York, and especially to do it uh, with a franchise that's just so hungry and been waiting for it for so long. Uh, I look at it like that, and I try to like, – I don't know A-Rod at all, but if I was, you know, him, I would think, like, hey, why not? Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. You look at – I always use Mark Sanchez as a great example of a guy that, like, Mark, when he was here, other than the playoffs, it wasn't very good, right? Like, it, it, just stats-wise, like, he had a lot of ups yeah. and downs. He played really well in the playoffs in the biggest moments. So, he's remembered really well by Jets fans, and he's remembered yeah. really well for his playoff performances, won four-row playoff games, you know, beat Peyton and Brady in the same playoffs. Like, that shit doesn't ever happen, right? So, and he's not – and it flamed out at the end, but no one cares about that stuff because they, they want to hold on. Like, if you win here, you win. Like, that's it. That's all that matters. And guys that – you look at – 
you know, I always use like Gary Sheffield from a baseball example. Like he was here for three years, was awesome, but they didn't win. And so everyone's like, ah, I don't like Gary Sheffield. It's like, why yeah. dude? He was awesome. No, it doesn't matter. We didn't win. So it's just kind of the way that way things roll. I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, kind of some of the guys you guys have to match up with this year throughout your career. Like, is there certain matchups, I guess you go into, you know, you go into a week where you know you're going to face a really elite level safety, really elite level linebacker, edge rusher. Like, is that stuff you're paying attention to more outside of like, you know, obviously game plan wise, you're paying attention. You play Miles Garrett, no, I have to chip on these and, and whatever. But is, do you like look forward to those type of matchups of like, all right, like I get Javon Holland twice this year. Like, I want to go score on Javon Holland. I'm just using it as an example in your division or yeah. Cordy or whoever. Or is it more like I'm not focused on that at all? I just want to go, you know, win and, and produce myself. Yeah. Um, I don't really think about think about it too much because I just try to control what I can control. You know, obviously it's honestly I don't know if I've ever really thought about it like that. Like, oh, I'm matching up with him. I do think though, like as you get into a game, though, and you're competing with a player that's you know a good player, like you want to go and 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 make a stamp and make it known. Because at the end of the day, like what matters more than anything is like how your peers judge you and and um, you know the people that play against you judge you, right? So like once you get into a game and you're playing against players that have been doing it at a high level for a long time or um, just do it at a high level, you know, in general, like you want to go and perform because like you want your peers to respect you. And, um, uh, you know, for me, definitely when it comes to like route running and, and matching up in the receiving side of things, like, I don't really think about it too much. I got a lot of faith in what I can do from a, a route running standpoint. Uh, you know, there's some matchups sometimes when you like DNs and certain players that are just, you know, sometimes a tight end, you're a little outmatched size wise. Oh, trust me. No I know it's my worst, my worst and... thing into tight end. I could like, Blocking, I'm like, I can help you on a TED block. Like, I'll crack down, but like, if you're asking me to one on one block somebody, I'm gonna get cooked. Yeah, it's a will, it's a will thing. Like, you just gotta, you gotta have the will to do it. But there's just some matchups that just like aren't in your favor at times. Like, you know, we played, um, he didn't play this year, but we played Randy Gregory when he was in Dallas the year before. And that was probably like one of the longest games I had because he just didn't stop all game, like, field goal, run game, uh, you know, he was just trying to hit you every single play. And he's fast, he's strong, he's long, uh, you know. So I always remember that game. So, like, people ask me, like, hey, who's one of the toughest edge rushers you went against? And I'm like, oh, Randy Gregory. Like, oh, he, gave me a hell, he gave me a hell of a day. But that was just my experience from that game. Uh, you know, like, we played Miles Garrett and stuff this year. Like, he's a talented player. But, you know, he's going to pick and choose when, like, it's third down. He's going to make a play. He's going to go. Uh you know, it's just like just everybody plays different, and it, you know your experience with that player is gonna um, is gonna be how you feel, you know how you feel about it, obviously. But uh, yeah, from a receiving standpoint, I really, you know, I just get excited to see what routes I get that week, and you know, work on how I'm gonna run them based on how people uh, how people play, and just try to find little tendencies to set stuff up. And then in the run game, it's more just the you know man on man type of thing. So it's like okay. How am I gonna? How am I gonna try to do this? But Randy Gregory always kind of stuck out to me because he just didn't Relentless. stop that game. I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> no, nah, that's why. That's one of the things you watch. They're really the elite of the elite guys, and I, I always think back. Like anytime I talk to anyone about Aaron Donald, and I know Aaron Donald's special as an athlete, but like yeah. he's a maniac. Like it's he gets triple teamed every single play, and he splits triple teams every single play. Like you don't anyone that's ever played on the interior block at all in any level of football understands that like it's really tiring <laughs> like as a defensive lineman or even as a yeah. tight end running, like whatever. So it's just, it's funny when you watch those guys that are relentless. Um, I want to ask you one tight end question and we'll get into a couple of fun things. You watch guys like Travis Kelsey, right? Like 
obviously one of the one of the better tight ends of all time. You know, getting 18, 18 targets a game in a playoff game, which is obviously nuts. Um, and any tight end obviously dreams of that. But you know, I don't know. I say necessarily growing up because the positions has changed a lot. But do you like? Do you kind of get interested when people start talking about goat debates with tight ends and Gronk and Kelsey versus some of the more like old school guys like the gate, not old school, but Gates and, you know, Tony Gonzalez and those guys like, do you like find yourself on one side of those kind of debates of more the new, new school, you know, tight end versus more of the, uh, you know, kind of the early 2000s, late 90s guys? Kel- Kelsey, obviously, like what he's done is remarkable, but it's just harder to compare to Kelsey because of just what they do as an offense, like what the chiefs do and how him and Mahomes are and just the chemistry they have. And uh, like their off schedule stuff and just their feel as like a, as a, um, like as a duo and as offense, it's just completely different, right? Like he runs a corner route and feels his own and sits down and all of a sudden he's got a 30 yard game. Like not most people can do that. The um, field is so are- open. When not much people are allowed to do that, right? And like you said, the field's so open, and you got Andy Reid, who's one of the greatest offensive minds ever. You got Pat Mahomes, who, I mean, is going to be one of, if not, you know, the best ever. It's going to be hard to pass Brady, but um, so it's just hard to like look at him and, and really compare yourself or find stuff that you can, uh, you know, get from. Because you watch other guys, you're like, okay, like what am I going to get from him? What does he do well? And like him, it's just hard because of how they play the game. Uh, no, I was like Antonio Gates because Michigan guy again, basketball player, um, you know, just was very crafty and in, in the way he did stuff and obviously did it for a really long time at a really high level. And, um, you know, uh, one of our, our guys, Smash, he always would like send me clips of how certain people ran things. Like, hey, this is how you run a squirrel route. Or, and it'd be like, you know, he was with the Chargers and stuff. So he had a lot of Antonio Gates stuff. And, uh, you know, I just really enjoy watching. Like, he wasn't the fastest. He wasn't like the most athletic, but – uh, he was consistent. He was smart. He was crafty. And uh, not that he wasn't athletic, but, um, you know, he just did a lot of things at a really high level and you can look at it and learn from it. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a big, you know, great Gronk's also different. Like you watch Gronk, you're like, how is he doing this? He's just that big and also that athletic. Like, so there's some people like where you can like gauge six two. like we're similar in size and weight and back basketball backgrounds. Like that's someone I enjoyed watching and trying to learn from and pick stuff up from. And then, you know, you got outliers like, Gronk and, and Kelsey, who, um, you know, are just special and, and, you know, their careers have obviously been remarkable. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I, it's kind of funny. I, I played tight end, like I transitioned from receiver and tight end college and you always start watching guys and, you know, you try to figure out how I'm going to do this stuff. And like, I ran into Antonio Gates a year ago and like was picking his brain on stuff. And I'm like, this dude's like not as big as I thought he was. And obviously he's retired for two years now, but like, yeah. t- like certain guys, you, I mean, I never got to go to, I'm just never at a Chargers game live, you know, as a kid. And then it's like, I saw Gronk in person. I was like, okay, this dude's literally. Seven yeah, like I, get, like, I get why people couldn't tackle him or he just, yeah, you know, like, cool. Like, I couldn't tackle him either. Time. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just different, you know, and he's still, he doesn't look fast, but he's running a four, six, four. He's just six, seven, two sixty five. It's just, uh, you know, it's just different. So, like, I always liked watching the guys I could try to compare to. And, um, you know, I definitely gauge with someone. Like, people usually, when they ask me, I kind of always say, say gauge. Yeah. The one, the one other tight end question quickly is you look at Mercedes Lewis, and I'm only asking you because you've got to play against him a couple of times. And he's literally near 19 as a tight end. Like, we don't even have to go into like in depth on why he's still in the league in, in 19 years. But, like, does it blow your mind that a position where, like, it's a super physical position, you get beat up more than receivers? And obviously, you know, it's a position where you got to maintain speed and craftiness and all that different stuff. Like year 19 is a tight end. It's ridiculous. No, like if you really think about it, 
I mean, the cool thing is, like, Coach Mid, like, he coached um, Mercedes for a long time. So, you talk about it. First of all, Mercedes is a monster of a man. He's like, huge. when you next to him, he's ginormous. But the thing for him is, like, he had his, his whole career, he was a receiving guy, really. What, 10, 12 years of being that guy, um, having a really good career. But I think the one thing that a lot of guys struggle with is, like, you're that guy that's getting five to eight targets a game, having, you know, five, four or five, 600-plus yard seasons. Uh and then you get to a point in your career where you're in, you know, year 10, 11, 12, and you start kind of, you know, diminishing a little bit in the athleticism standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint. And, um, you know, you kind of get phased out of that. And I think for him, it's like, okay, I want to keep playing. And I still want to um, do this. And he's not always probably, I don't know, the best blocking tight end in the league. So for me, I just think, um, I don't know him, uh, but it just seems like he just transitioned, you know, he just kind of, you know, followed follow time and, and transitioned how he needed to transition. And obviously, to let play that long, you got to be a pro and you got to, you know, take care of your body and do the right things and, um, you know, things of that nature. But I don't know. I look at it from the outside and I think, like, he just, you know, he he just understood. You no, know, like a lot of people just can't accept what when things like that happen. They can't accept that they're not that guy on the receiving end anymore. And I feel like he kind of – and he still gets, you know, in the red zone, he still gets his touchdowns on, you know, down flat lates and little sneaky stuff or – you know, little rail routes, I guess, when Aaron Rodgers just throws up a beauty. But, um, yeah, that's what I think. I don't know. Yeah, no, I... It, no, it's just – it's interesting you listen to – you just watch some – like these positions, like guys that are not quarterbacks or punters or long snappers and kickers. Yeah. No offense to those guys. But, like, your athleticism can diminish quickly in those positions. And if you're just smart yeah. and, and accurate or whatever, like you'll figure it out. Playing that long in the league at tight end, you know, Jason Peters of the world playing, you know, in the year 40. And, like, it just it, – it, it's crazy to yeah. watch. I guess quick, like fun, I don't want to say like fun, but who's either the best player, who's the best player you feel like you've gone, like got to see in person played against, it could be on offensive, defensive side of the ball. Is there someone else that guy, I know you mentioned Randy Gregory where you're like, holy shit, like, all right, like this dude is. Yeah. Legit. Defensively, Randy Gregory and, uh, and Cleo Mack were like both real tough ones. Like when Cleo Mack was in Chicago and um, that Chicago defense in like 18 was really, really good. Uh, I feel like that team still isn't good enough credit. Um, offensively, honestly, we used to go to like I was telling someone that someone this uh, earlier in the year was um, like we used to whenever we play Green Bay or go to Green Bay, or Green Bay would come to us when I was in Minnesota. Like you were just always on edge because like with Devontae and A Rod, like they just made everything look so easy. Like, you could have a two score lead or whatever, you just didn't feel safe. And then going and playing in Green Bay this year for the first time with Devontae not being there it just didn't feel the same. It just didn't feel like you were that worried about it. Like you knew, you know, Rogers was going to make the throws and stuff, but you just weren't as worried. Like when they were there together, like third and 10, third and five, third and six, like first down, back shoulder fade, you know, go ball, uh, corner, corner go, like whatever it was, like it was just seemed so effortless and so easy for them. Um, so like, just like watching them together was always, I feel like, um, something special to watch. Cause like you just, I mean, you could be up a score, two scores, three scores, and like, you still just felt like, okay, like we need to keep our foot on the gas and and get to this game. Yeah, there. <laughs> that duo, it's it's still weird to think about like, watching it last year. Devontae hey. different. You uh, look cool in the, the black visor and you know, and all black in the Raider stuff, but obviously not the same. In terms of that, you know, best trash talker on the team. Is do we have a do we have a clear cut answer? Because Justin Hardy said it said he's one of the best ones, but Will Parks is good. But then he said Sauce is very good. 
Uh, all right, I'm not giving it to Hardy. That's my guy, but I can't give Hardy the best trash talker. Can't be a special teams guy and get the best trash talker. Doesn't Will like does talk a lot of crap, but like he's also like a really good guy. So like it's not. We got a good team in general, but Sauce does. But I'm not with him too much. You know who was is um, uh, Spence, the receiver. When Spence came in from uh, I don't know where Spence was at before that Denver, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So everybody says Sauce, but that's just because Sauce doesn't like. I'm from Michigan, and a lot of my friends and stuff that are from Detroit and stuff like they're all the same. They just like keep talking, even if it doesn't make sense. Like they just keep talking and talking and talking. So like it makes it hard for me to like think it's meaningful trash talk. Well, he is a good trash talker. But. Yeah, no, I was trying. I was trying to think in my head, like who. Like, part of the problem is, is like defensive guys get a lot of the. You just don't see a lot of the offensive guys talk as much trash because a lot of stuff's like it's hard to like explain. But you have it's a lot of face to face, like after a first down and stuff like that. Like I don't know. You think of like the Jalen Ramsey. Offense is just a lot more like like logical, and yeah, defense is a lot more the, emotional. It's the smarter side of the ball. And it's a lot more emotional on defense, like. You know, like you're reacting, you're reacting to motions, and like you're doing everything based off of the offense. Like the offense, like you're told what to do, and you go and you do what you're told to do. And you know, as you keep improving and getting better as a player, you add your spin to things, you do certain things. So you're just, you got a lot more like, I don't know, it's just a different way of viewing a game. And with defense, it's all, it's like emotional and, and uh, all reacting to everything. So I just feel like it allows them to talk more, more shit. Yeah. In my- yeah. Unless you're like, unless you're Tom Brady who just, infinitely talks an incredible amount of shit i always heard that i always heard philip rivers was an elite trash talker yeah which he's got 14 kids so i'm sure he talks trash to those kids uh yeah i've I've always heard that smash like i'll talk about it and just like when we played them my third year we went out out there and everybody always said he was an elite trash talker so That's funny. Uh, you think about those type of guys, and you think like the Jay Cutlers that like just look like they just have no interest in being playing football at the moment, even if they're cooking. Yeah. Like I was just wa- I was just watching a mic up with Jay Cutler not that long ago, and I was dying laughing. <laughs> just wants to, him and uh, speaking of Nathaniel Hackett is probably his most impressive performance was the 2017 Jaguars and Blake Bortles coming out after and saying if he didn't play football he'd be on a construction site smoking cigs. Yeah. So one of the one of the craziest things I think I've ever heard from an NFL quarterback. Um, we mentioned it earlier, living in New York. What are some of your favorite spots, either, you know, bacon, egg, and cheese, Taylor ham, egg, and cheese, whatever you get, and, like, food-wise, like, I know you like to do steak dinners and stuff. Is there some spots that have stuck out, you know, uh, you know, living in New York so far or New Jersey? Um, Gabe's Bagel in Chatham, fire. Bacon, egg, and cheese, sausage, egg, and cheese, whatever, whichever one, but Taylor ham, I always go – I usually go sausage, egg, and cheese because I do two sausage patties and fire. Chad, the the Gay's Bagel in Chatham, uh, in the city, like I've said on a podcast before, like LeBerton, uh, French place, what is it, on Greenwich, Greenwich, is that what the street's called? Or? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I say Greenwich, but it doesn't matter. Greenwich, Greenwich somebody correct me. Um, LeBerton is really good, cool place, like good French food, it also kind of like turned into like a club type vibe at, at night. Uh, everybody used to always hype up, like catch steak. So I went and tried it one time. Like, there's no way it's going to be that good. And it was that good. Like, I thought catch steak was really, really good. Uh, you know, there's a couple like speakeasies and stuff we'll get to every once in a while. Like, bathtub gin was one of them. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think, but really, LeBaritan and catch steak are two really good spots. And then sausage, egg, and cheese from, from Gabe's. 
There's a place in Morristown called Inspiration Roll for like ramen and stuff. Really good. I don't know. There's a lot of food and stuff out there. It's pizza? Just so no, no pizza takes? Oh, pizza. Um, So I didn't understand the whole pizza thing in New York. Like I tried it and I'm like, I don't get it. Like I just, and then I had one place. It was called Clementi's. And I had a grandma pie from Clementi's. And that was like the one pizza I had that I'm like, okay, this is a little different. Like I really enjoy, I really enjoy Clementi's grandma pie. All right, there we go. Well, I was going to say, we had to get one pizza taken sometimes. I went to a place in the city that was like, what was it, Joe's? It's yeah, like, Johnny. Oh, no. Um, oh okay. God, and they had like all, all like famous people hanging up all over the place. And oh, stuff. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to get crushed. Oh, no. It's, a, it's, all, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, like they say, like, all right, our pizza's bad, but like, oh, it's just cheese and crackers. Like, yours is really just cheese and crackers. See, I think the like, pizza, I think. I definitely stand out like Northeast in general, I think has really good pizza. Connecticut has some of the best pizza, New Jersey, New York bagels too. Like I'm telling, I the don't bagel, know. The bagels are good. The, the bagels, bagels, it's the good. water. It's the water. The bagels, the bagels are good. Like I didn't want to believe that one either. And I went and got that. And I'm like, okay, the bagels are good. They're different. Is there final finish with this one? Obviously a lot of different, you know, basketball is going to start to get in, you know, into the back half of the year obviously and the regular season doesn't matter but it's a whole nother discussion i'm not going to get into nba uh load management hard to watch, hard to watch NBA. hard to watch the nba um it's like 800 fouls and everyone complains and flops the whole time by the way i'm a huge soccer guy i'd love the nba crowd to stay off my back soccer games are done in two hours I to say, i'm not a, i'm not a huge soccer guy i've never watched soccer i was like trying to get into it because cj i'm like all right dude you love soccer like make me like it like help me like it so i was trying but i just my my fiance actually plays soccer in college, and I tell her like, "Can you like make me watch soccer? Like teach me about it." So yeah, you gotta like find food. a club. You gotta find a club team because international the quality of international soccer is not great. It's like yeah, fun and people care, but once you, once you find a club like team, soccer and hockey, I haven't really ever got into. My question is going to be uh, before the season starts: Is there a game? Is it like? Are you trying to get to Islanders, Rangers? Like, have you Yankees, Mets? Like, have you figured out yet? Like. Or you just like who, hey, my, who my teams are? Yeah, who your teams are? Uh, yeah. I know Zach got a lot of shit for being in, wearing a Mets jersey, then a Yankees jersey. People were very upset about it. Yeah, I went. We went to Zach actually brought us to a Yankees game uh, during like at the, in May, and it was awesome. I, I had a good time. It was probably one of the most fun I had at a sporting event. We had good seats, like nice little setup in the VIP section. We having a good old time. CJ did the same thing, though, I think, because he went to a Mets game and threw out the first pitch, and then we went to the Yankees game. So, sorry for getting in trouble, my friend. Uh, I don't know. I like the Yankees. That was a cool experience. I need to get to Madison Square Garden eventually. Um, I really don't like – I never really grew up with, like, a huge fan. Like, I liked the Pistons, obviously, because when I was growing up, like, they were the Pistons. They were, you know, Chauncey, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn, like, what was not to like about them. Uh, like, I'm not, like, a huge, like, usually, like, fan of – I don't know. I just never like been a big fan. I just always wanted to do it. So, like I try not to like be too like fanish about it because like I just that's what I wanted. Like I wanted to, to be a professional player. So makes sense. I uh, Yankees game was cool though. I yeah, enjoy Yankees. All right. well, 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 we like I like to hear that. I'm a, I'm a Yankees Nets guy, uh, which is very rare. Uh, I would I'm probably a, be a Nets guy if I had to choose. Just like with Kyrie and KD being there, even though it's been a mess. I feel like, but they're playing yeah. well right now, right? Yeah, they're playing well. Once, well, whenever KD gets hurt, everything kind of falls off the rails a little bit. But it just shows you how shows you how good he is. I'm an OG Nets fan, by the way. I've always said this on the podcast. So like that that Pistons team, the infamous like holding those J Kid Nets teams like 60 points in an NBA game is still yeah. still wild. But obviously, you know, appreciate you taking some time. Um, you know, obviously, big year. You know, big year too. And obviously, we'll 
you know, who knows who will be a quarterback, who knows what will happen, but, uh, you know, yeah. obviously it'll be a little more clarity on that as the off season goes along. Yeah. It'll work itself out. It's just enjoy, enjoy the process.